Hello, fellow time travelers. On this... <laughs> I'm trying something out. Give me a break. On this episode, we watch Ralph Breaks the Internet. And then afterwards, watched A Bug's Life, the only Disney movie not advertised during Ralph Breaks the Internet. Toot-toot! <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Box Office Time Machine. I'm John. I'm Veronica. What is this show, Veronica? This is a show where we watch the number one movie in the box office this past week and the number one movie in the box office X decades ago on the same week. Do you believe it? There were movies decades it's ago. Madness. I, I can't imagine anyone making a movie before uh, streaming. I know. Like, I assume people just stared at walls yeah. before that. <laughs> or maybe just went to their friends and prof shows. Who knows? Can you imagine? Do you know that people used to go to the movies and not be served uh, dinner while watching it? No. I just, that would be insane. That would be crazy. <laughs> I expect a full meal with my entertainment. Like, uh, so I got, it was crazy. I got a dinner when I saw Ralph Breaks the Internet. And then when we went to see The Favorite, a different movie that we're not doing on this podcast, <laughs> I yelled out for food and no one brought it to me. You also did a clap and you had a little bell and nothing worked. I, I did. <laughs> it was insane. All right. But uh, this week we are watching the number one movie for the second weekend in a row, Ralph Breaks the Internet. The Clank. Se- yeah. <laughs> Clank. That's the internet breaking. <laughs> oh, no. Fix it. We stream oh, no. over the internet. Oh, do we? Oh, that's <laughs> how right. Our, how we will our listeners download this episode? Our power listeners? <laughs> Podcast listeners. Oh, I, sorry. I thought I you know. said power listeners. We, we, have power, <laughs> we have power listeners now. Uh, those are the special ones who give to our non-existent Patreon. Give to our Patreon. <laughs> like, if someone gives to a Patreon that doesn't exist, once you sign up for Patreon, do you get that money? Are you, so you're saying if someone just called up Patreon right now and said, we want to give to Veronica and John, and Patreon was like, that's not an account that exists, and they're like, just hold it. Yeah, like case. an escrow service. <laughs> 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 I just really need to give them money. All right. They tried throwing it in, through our window, mm-hmm. but that didn't work. Patreon's desperate to give us all the money. We've been getting a dollar a month every month from these people. Take it. We have five dollars now. <laughs> um, yes. We watched uh, Ralph Breaks the Internet. We also watched another Disney film, a Disney Pixar film, Ooh. 2008's A Bug's Life. No, 1998. From- oh, sorry. Yeah, 1998. Stop misleading years. the listener, John. I, all this time travel. All this time travel. It's like, what even is time at this point? Oh, my God. We're in lost universe at it's this point. It's an illusion, dude. Oh, it's a- uh, But we're going to start with the new movie, 2018's Ralph Breaks the Internet. Ralph Breaks the Internet, of course, a sequel to Ralph Rex 
or Wreck It Ralph. Wreck Wrecks It. A movie with a better title. Um, uh, Wreck It Ralph was a 2012 animated film about uh, uh, video game characters starring John C. Riley as a 1980s kind of Donkey Kong type character named Ralph, who's part of a video game called Fix It Felix Jr., Aww. Yep, uh, barely, barely uh, uh, relevant to this movie, but that's that's who he is. In that, in the first one, he becomes friends with Princess Vanellope, played by Sarah Silverman, the star of a game called Candy Crush, uh, and that was a fun. Is it? St- Isn't it called oh, like Candy, candy Race? It's not Candy Crush. That's a real it can game. be Candy Crush. Candy Rush. Candy Rush. I think that's what it's called. Sense. Or yeah. Sugar Rush. Sugar Rush. Sugar Rush. Sugar Rush. It's we a, got it. We this got is there. a professionally produced <laughs> podcast. Um, anyway, <laughs> that was a movie that came out in 2012. It was very fun, very cute. I enjoyed it. Uh, and this next one, they are no longer doing parodies of video games, uh, at least not really. Instead, the characters have hopped on the Wi-Fi and are traveling through the internet in search of a steering wheel to fix uh, Vanellope's arcade cabinet. Beep, 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 beep. <laughs> That's them traveling. Will they get the steering wheel? Will Disney be able to promote everything? How many real-life websites will get advertisements in this movie? Only time will tell here on Box Office Time Machine. Ooh, oh, we're supposed to tell that? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I, you were not taking count of how many websites were being promoted? I mean, I was noticing for sure, but there were <laughs> so many. I don't, have, I don't have enough fingers on any of my limbs to count oh. the number of... Product placement in this movie. Well, this, again, was a movie we did not see together. No. Um, so uh, I don't really know how you feel. So um, why don't we, uh, let's do the letter grade countdown. Okay. You ready? All right. Three, two, one. B, B- minus. I am always one below you. Oh, interesting. I'm one uh, a notch more negative a person than you. Oh, wow. Okay. That makes sense. In uh, real life, uh, no. Uh, I think I also feel like I always give bees. Have I given something that's not? I guess maybe to night, night school. Night school might have gotten a little regret. Yeah, I. So my history with this movie is that I really like the original mm-hmm. one to a surprising amount. Me too. That made me want to go to an arcade and play all those games. <laughs> I learned how to play Tapper because of this oh, movie. Oh, I love Tapper. I downloaded... Tapper's so fun. I, so I downloaded the Tapper. Fix it. Oh, and, I also downloaded Fi- Fix It Felix, yes. the game they created for the movie. Which no longer works on your phone. Oh, no. So I tried playing them a few months ago, uh, and it didn't work. They were like, we don't have a version for the iOS. Oh, what a Um, shame. So that kind of sucks. But I really, really like that movie. And this one, I was ready to... I think my expectations were kind of lower because, you know, sequel. And I think the The trailers were not great. Yeah, the trailers have been very much, like, very heavy on, like, website references and internet jokes what it's uh, finished, yeah. so yeah so uh so i expected worse and i think i did end up enjoying this one quite a bit you know a yeah. b letter grade amount uh i thought it was like actually it held as you know like a standalone movie i don't think mm. you needed to see the first one i saw it with a bunch of people who have never seen mm-hmm. the movie and it really worked for them so, yeah, I I had a good time. Yeah, I saw it uh, with someone who hadn't seen the movie, and she liked it fine. 
Uh, she liked it. I, well, I think she liked it more than I did. Um, uh, did you think it, how did you think it compared to the first one? Um, I think the first one was more of a, like a story. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this one had a lot of story strands that sort of came together at the end. But I mean, as most sequels are, I felt like it was overly busy at points, mm-hmm. but it still worked. Yeah, um, I, I <laughs> keep referencing it. But I think the the big issue with this movie is that the product placement is so egregious. Mm-hmm. And it seems like every step along the way... Um, when they had the choice between choosing something that would help the story and choosing uh, like a, making a creative choice and making a financial choice, it seems like they almost always went with a financial choice, just like down to the title. Why is it not not Ralph wrecks the Internet? Oh, because someone in an office said, oh, breaks the Internet's a thing. Right. We can sell it easier. Yeah, you're right. I wonder. And that is a legit question because i'm not entirely sure but were was it a movie that was sponsored by all those websites did disney approach you know ebay and was like hey give Mm -hmm. us money and we will feature you as a plot point or was it rather disney going to ebay after the fact and trying to get because ebay i assume had to give consent to this or you know like the brands that are actually relevant to the story. I feel like any movie where yeah. you saw the logo, I would yeah. say they have to give an okay. So, um, so people, uh, uh, you know, people when they saw the trailer, it's like, oh, this is just fucking the emoji movie. And mm-hmm. I didn't actually see the emoji movie, but I. But you did a podcast. I did a about podcast <laughs> with the title of the Emoji Movie Podcast. Shockingly, I never actually saw the movie. That is surprising to me. <laughs> I thought you would have seen it. I it, had no interest. The first movie to screen in Saudi Arabia since 1970. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a good relationship we have with that nation. Um, but, uh, uh, yeah, I think I think the thing is, like, I... I'm going to talk about the product placement a lot. And I feel like I'm going to talk about a lot of negative stuff when I talk about this movie. But the people who made it, this movie is clearly a movie made by incredibly talented people who worked very hard. Um, A lot of the creative people are like, you know, a a lot of people uh, at the top of Disney Animation now are like people who are running The Simpsons back in in its golden era. Um, the screenplay is by the people who wrote the original with the addition of uh, Pamela Ribbon, who wrote uh, Moana. Ooh, yeah. And I think, like, clearly and artistically, it's great. This is people who did an amazing job of hiding how much of a gross product this movie is. So it goes down really easy. And the characters from the first one that are are back are still super fun. Mm -hmm. Ralph Ralph and Vanellope are lovely. Um, We might talk about this, but Felix and Calhoun are great. They're barely in this movie for some reason. I think they had a subplot that was cut out. Because we get the beginning and ending of what you would think was a full story, right? But um, so but it still works as a movie. However, it, it really is how much you are going to be taken out of the movie by constant. Like to give you an idea, without spoiling anything, uh, well, we spoil stuff. I don't know, but yeah, this isn't going to spoil anything. The climax of the movie takes place on the top of Google Tower as the characters. Ride a Gmail letter train while fighting with the Pinterest pin. 
There is never anything negative said about a single real-life brand. All the brands are presented without a joke, without comment. They're just there. We see Twitter. It's just there. We see yeah. Google. eBay is heavily in the plot, and there are some jokes about eBay, but it's mostly just... Yeah, it's, you know, like, tongue-in-cheek jokes about eBay. Like, the jokes that your dad would make about eBay or something. They're not, you know, like... I mean, I suppose, like, eBay as a brand has, you know, is not in the public subconscious as much. Though I, I cannot imagine what would be. I feel like for Twitter, you could definitely make a lot yeah. of, you know, actual commentary on the product that is Twitter. I feel like it's less so with eBay yeah. at and, this point. And there's, but there's no comment. There's no commentary yeah. about Twitter. There's no commentary about Snapchat. We just see these corporate logo brands as presented as major parts of the internet. Right. And sure, the first record Ralph had real life video game characters. That was part of the appeal. But like there's something much grosser about showing the super cool Google building than it is about having Qbert walk by. Right. <laughs> I think it's also just that even in 2012, was that when the yeah. original came out? Like Qbert as at most as a novelty thing. Yeah. I, I recently watched King of Kong, which is wonderful, and God, everyone should watch it. But, like, my favorite subplot is, like, that old lady who's mm -hmm. trying to, like, regain her Qbert score. This is <laughs> this is not going anywhere. I just really like it, and people I'm should fine. watch that movie. If you take anything away from this podcast, <laughs> let it be, please go see, go see, please uh, download, stream, whatever, King of Kong. It's yeah, wonderful. Yeah, it's a wonderful movie. But I guess, like, to address your point, I which I, I agree with, it's just... It is also a kids movie. I don't know how you could fit a Twitter commentary because, like, mm -hmm. you know, Twitter being a toxic place where discourse goes to die. It's sort of it's not a message that you probably want to have on a children's yeah. thing. So it is it does feel like an endorsement more due to the fact that they probably were just constrained by the fact that they were making a children's movie. Yeah. Uh, I do have a positive mm -hmm. thing to say, not necessarily about the brand thing, but rather that they depict the internet in somewhat of an accurate way and sometimes mm -hmm. in an interesting way that I really like. Do you mean the, the tech or the... Yeah, just like the way the internet works. Just yeah. like, you know, like it's a series of packets that just travel from place to place, you know? So that was kind of cool. Like the way that they depicted like pop-up ads that like they would take you somewhere or... You know, like, so an eBay is an auction site, so of course, like, the building is going to be an auction building. And then, like, I'm trying to remember other examples, but there are others. So I felt like the way that they did end up incorporating the brands, that they actually worked with in terms of, like, having be relevant to the plot. Or, like, the search engine is, like, a librarian. Yeah. And, like, he, like, auto-completes you and all that stuff. I thought that was good. Uh, that all, was pretty fun. All that stuff is very cute. Again, this yeah. is clearly written uh, written and made by incredibly talented people working very hard. Um, I think one of the major problems is they want to do the internet because kids love the internet. Kids love the kids of today's Disney audience loves the internet way more than they love 1980s video arcades. So it makes sense to take Ralph to the internet. Plus, you have all these great synergy opportunities. But I don't think this movie 
ever found a story reason, ever connected the the characters' stories to the internet as an idea the same way the characters' stories in the first one directly came about from them being video game characters. So in the first movie, the main like thematic idea is feeling constrained by the, you know, constrained by the role that life gives you. Right. Um, Ralph does not feel like he has control over his life. And that directly set, it comes from the fact that he's a video game. He is not, he's controlled by the player and by the programming of the system that says that he's a bad guy. He doesn't want to be that anymore. Meanwhile, Vanellope feels constrained by being a glitch in her video game. These are simple uh, character arcs and themes that come straight out of being out of uh, them being video game characters. And this one, they go to the internet and and it, it all hangs together. The logic is she, the, the main like thematic idea is that um, friendships change and people w- grow and want different things and you should let them grow. And it doesn't mean friendships will change, but it doesn't mean you're, you won't stay friends. Just your friendship will change. That's the main idea. And you can see how like, oh, the internet. We'll use the internet as the idea of a world of possibility, infinite possibilities, which is fine. But then once they get there, it's just a series of basically skits. And it doesn't really connect to that idea because Vanellope isn't interested in the internet for its possibilities. She has no real connection to these websites. The only thing she cares about is one video game, uh, an online game called Slaughter Race. I believe so. Um, which is another issue. Uh, uh, the idea being that Slaughter Race is basically Grand Theft Auto Online. Yes. And that's what she wants to live in. Grand Theft Auto Online, a little bit of Carmageddon, a little bit of Fortnite. But I'm a- unfamiliar with video games, so John <laughs> will be making all the references. <laughs> but the major problem there is just that they are parodying an ultra-violent video game, but this is a Disney movie, so they can't actually parody an ultra-violent video game? Like, they can't do any real jokes? It felt more of like... Have you seen Ready Player One? A little bit, yeah. No, I haven't seen it, but I I know what you're talking about. So it feels more of just the world of Ready Player One in that video game. Yeah, all... Anytime we cut to Slaughter Race, it is, like, joke-free. Yeah, that was... I was... I really like Gal Gadot. Like, yeah, she she plays she, basically. She plays Shank. Shank, the cool the cool NPC of of Slaughter Race, who Vanellope um, uh, uh, idolizes and wants to like, and Ralph is becomes jealous that Vanellope wants her to be his uh, her, uh, her new best friend. Right, and I I like her, but that was a thankless role. That or, character, there is no isn't a single joke to that character. Yeah, and it felt like. The way that she was delivering her lines was weird. It just, like, it felt like a dead character. I don't know. It just felt very weird. I felt like every other character was, like, very alive. And her character was just kind of dead and sort of, like, always at the same level. I don't know. She's weirdly perfect. Like, it's introduced that she's ruthless. It's introduced that, like, the you. I feel like jokes were sanded off um, to keep it like a family film because this world is introduced as comically violent and comically dangerous. Uh, one of the first things we see are uh, uh, player characters getting flamethrowed 
and then a shark eats a dog, which is a funny <laughs> joke. But we ne- after those two things, which are right at back to back, we never get that idea again. And in fact, there's a whole song. Oh, I love this song. Uh, uh, an Alan Menken song. Um, <laughs> oh, really? Is it an yeah, Alan Menken? Yeah, because we'll, we'll get to. Um, uh, we should also add it. It's, oh, this is not just promoting brands. Part. We're that's also promoting Disney part. properties. Yes. Um, is that uh, uh, there's a song that's all about how great. Slaughter races, and it's supposed to be the joke that the joke is clearly supposed to be this is a beautiful song about how great it is to live in this world when actually the world is incredibly scary. These characters just like it. Well, I thought the point of the song was that it's her I want song. Yes, she has a Disney I want, a princess I want song, but what yeah. she the joke is supposed to be what she wants is to live in this scary right. world. I also perceived it as an homage to La La Land because it really reminded me of the opening scene of La La Land <laughs> where people get out of their cars and just like dance around. What's that? It builds <laughs> to that beat where you they're all singing on these giant like freeways and yeah. a bunch of fireworks go up. Uh-huh. And clearly it should be the joke that in the background the fireworks hit the freeways and everyone explodes. But they don't like... Yeah. It's the slaughter race sequences are so boring. And I honestly think it's because they chose to parody something that you can't really parody in a children's film. It's like if I'm it's not the fault of it being a family film. It's just I think knowing your medium, like if you're making a children's film, don't parody porn because what jokes are you going to tell? Right. Yeah, that that's, the slaughter race just felt unspecific in a way that. The video game par- the fake video games in the first one did not. And we spent a lot of time there and it's just boring. Okay, let's, let's- go to the princesses though, because I really like that part. So at one point, um <laughs> Vanellope uh, runs away and ends up in uh Oh My Disney, which is a real website that Disney owns. And they use this as license to just have a hodgepodge of uh upcoming Disney franchises. And uh, and it's, yeah, Buzz Lightyear's there and, and Groot from, you know, uh, the from the Guardians thing was movies. Because they all... were also shitting on Comic Con QAs, yes. which I appreciate. Oh, yeah, with a little of, um, <laughs> uh, who was it? It was, uh, what's his name? Uh, from, uh, uh, how did this get made? Jason Manzuka's Superior. Oh, yeah, that's a, right. Jason Manzuka's is there. Uh, and that's all, all fun. Yeah. And then we go into, she goes backstage to the cast area of this Disney website and runs into all the Disney princesses. Oh, this great. has been heavily promoted in has all the it? trailers. Because I was super surprised. I don't think oh, I really? saw many of the trailers, and they, I really liked they, it. <laughs> the trailers are half this scene. Oh, really? Oh, man. And now I feel kind of nice because I think I only saw a teaser that didn't really have oh, that. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. and the scene is fun, but it, it again and it's they they do the snarky parody the basic stuff out. I I think the movie Enchanted already did and better the Disney <laughs> self parody stuff, but they do all that and then again I feel like. I can't, as funny as the jokes are, I still keep getting pulled out of it by the kind of crass promotional aspects. Like, for example, and I think the the example that, like, boils down how I felt about the movie is there's a joke where the Disney princesses, inspired by Vanellope, uh, uh, change out of their uncomfortable princess clothes <laughs> and put on comfy clothes. And it's a funny joke. 
But then when you see them, they are very clearly wearing specific T-shirts that oh, are available sure. to purchase are on the Disney really? website. Uh, I haven't double checked, but I'm 100% guaranteed. Uh, I feel like I've seen a few of those out and about. That would sad because I did like that. But I guess I, I don't go on Disney.com. <laughs> I, I, I'm rarely buying uh, women's sweatshirts on <laughs> Disney.com. But I, I still like when I saw those shirts, I'm like, I'm like, so what came first? This mm. joke or someone being like, hey, can you make Ariel wear this sweatshirt? Mm. That's, see, I guess maybe I approached it with a less mm-hmm. cynical, perhaps, worldview. And yeah. I, I I thought that, uh, yes, Enchanted did a very good send-up of all, like, the princess tropes. But I, I felt like... You can only, basically because of, like, Disney's, like, litigious nature and all of it, you can only make fun of Disney things in a Disney movie because there's basically no other way that you would be allowed to use any of the characters. Well, I don't know. Um, What's it? Drawn Together, that Comedy Central show, how I did guess, Disney but Princess? I think people have been making fun of Disney. I think people can till- make that joke. I'm, I'm not saying that that joke has not been made. Yeah. Like, I mean, you know, TV Funhouse on SNL has made that joke. Yeah. But uh, rather that, like, you can make that joke and still use the actual characters. You always have to be, like, a step removed True. from it. it, it and it is... There is a, uh, um, it is very fun. And they got all the uh, living voice actresses yeah, come back. Which you, it's very cute. I really, really dug it. I thought it it's was a great super scene. nice. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I do think that there are times, there are times in self-parody, like uh, when a giant behemoth um, parodies himself. Like uh, we, uh, we're talking a lot about uh, George H.W. Bush because he just passed. And, um, and I was reading a New York Times article today about, the time that he invited uh, uh, Dana Carvey to come oh, yeah, to the White yeah. House and do his impression. And there are times where it's like, oh, it's cool that they're making fun of themselves. And then there are times when so- when something's so powerful, like a president or a corporation, they're like, oh, are you making fun of yourself because you're cool? Or is this a calculated effort to seem relatable? <laughs> well, I think it's definitely, and I think there's been several articles related to this in Wreck-It Ralph about how, like, yeah, this is Disney trying to address the princess issue. And, you know, which is, I mean, that's really not the thing that they should be doing. They should just be, you know. Yeah giving female characters roles that are not princesses. I, I mean, but I mean, I, having I said that, mm-hmm. I think it was probably, it was like a good self-aware scene that was fun. So that was good. But obviously that's not the solution mm-hmm. to the actual problem. Yeah. I mean, it was a fun scene. I I just think it's it's emblematic of, and I, even amongst these very funny jokes and this, the thrill of seeing these characters together, both the fun um, Wreck-It Ralph characters and all these classic Disney princesses, the gnawing feeling that you're watching a commercial keeps inching its way in there. And that it would be my description of the experience of watching this movie. Right. I guess Enjoying it's... the jokes while also feeling a little gross the entire time. <laughs> well, I guess that's the thing. Maybe for me... And that's not an attempt at a humble brag at all. But I feel like <laughs> in somewhat in Disney ways, 
And I love Disney things, but I feel like I'm so out of the loop in terms of like what is the hot Disney property or what I'm being promoted about. Oh, dude, about. the hot Disney property. Like, so I just felt it, it was more of a nostalgic experience mm-hmm. for me of just like seeing Ariel or seeing Belle or Jasmine. So yeah. it was, I. I understand that they also use it to spotlight, you know, like Groot and like ongoing things. Mm. But to me, it was more of a nostalgic thing of like seeing just like all these characters that I grew up with. And that was nice. And I think maybe that's why people, and I mean by that, I like mean audiences allowed Mm. this to go on because it does trigger that recognition of like, this is a thing either a website or a character that I have like a positive experience with or like an experience Mm -hmm. that I'm familiar with and you are depicting it in a way that I recognize. And I feel like maybe that's why like some of the website stuff did work is because like, hey, they like kind of accurately depicted what it's like to shop on eBay Uh or they like accurately depicted what it's like to like perform a search on Google. And the auction scene itself is hilarious. Yeah. So it's like it... They did do the best version of this, whatever it it is, just, like, weird, like, amalgamation of, like, commerce and product Mm -hmm. placement and plot. So (laughs) I think, like, they – but I I do get your point about if I – I think if I were a parent or or a child that's – like more susceptible to all like or like mm-hmm. being marketed to i would definitely feel that more yeah i i'm not pollyannish i i don't <laughs> you know i'm i'm cynical but i i i'm not pollyannish i don't i i am except that major expensive movies um are going to have product placement i also accept that that's you know when you have when you want to, to to catch the thrill of the mashup, which is all the rage these days. And look, I loved you know Who Framed Roger Rabbit as a kid. I um, love I, that movie. I loved seeing you know Sonic talk to Zangief in the first uh, Ralph movie. <laughs> all that stuff is great. Um, I just don't think while this movie is better at hiding the uh, commercial, the commercialism uh, and the crassness of it than say an Emoji movie. It, you don't know. You haven't seen it. It's, it's true. I've read the reviews and I've watched clips. Oh, I've wow. read the okay. synopsis. <laughs> oh, wow. um, that's a lot more than I uh, Okay. <laughs> but I, I don't, th- I'm not Pollyannish. And I do love the Lego movie, for example, is a pure and simple commercial for Legos. But I think that it's a movie that transcends through its theming and through just its, the, the, the script itself transcends the commercial nature and just ends up being a good movie. And I don't think Ralph Breaks the Internet gets anywhere close to that. Mm. Interesting. I mean, I think it's still – I probably enjoyed it more than you did. I yeah. think it is still probably a movie you could go into. And I don't know that you would ever be able to ignore it. Mm. But I feel like it doesn't really – stand in the way of the story that yeah. much because the story is so much that. Yeah. Um the, I and I think the story's weak. Yeah. Because I, it's because the time that should be building up the story we're spending promoting. Right. So basically since like once they come like go into the internet, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no story until after the princesses. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, the movie feels weird because there yeah. is like there's a first just, act, yeah. <laughs> a first act, a nothing act that's just commercials, and then a quick second act and a third act. So we have a new segment in uh, in this uh, in our new movie half of the of the show mm-hmm. and it's uh called and working title is all called until we come up with something better uh why did america go see this so veronica ralph breaks the internet was the number one movie out of all the options this is what america went to see so my question to you <laughs> is why so i actually i didn't think i would have a twofold answer but i do have a twofold answer whoa dude Whoa. Okay, so my first one is that, you know what? And correct me if I'm wrong. I might be wrong on this, but that was uh, an impression that I got as I was watching the movie. But there were not... I don't think there are many movies about the idea of, like, you know, like separation anxiety and sort of knowing that your friend would still be there even if they go on to whatever new avenue they do in life. Right, but do you think this is... Did did I didn't know that that was the theme of the movie going no, in? That wasn't sold I in the marketing. I guess that would be the thing that I would think that people might take away from it. Mm-hmm. Is like, yeah, that is, to me, that is a very existing thing. And a thing that, like, I have struggled with in the past of just like, oh, I have a friend and we have this relationship that's confined to box x Mm -hmm. like will we still be friends when they or i choose to pursue whatever y and um so i thought that that was very resonant to me at least in terms of like the quote-unquote moral section of the movie and i guess like the first one might just be of a combination of a pre-existing property we're familiar with and like plus Oh, it is riffing the things that we engage with on a daily basis. But we did talk, <clears throat> we talked earlier about how we weren't, we found the trailers a little unpleasant and not mm. that winning. Um, but so I don't know, I was, it wasn't, was it a dearth of good family films? Or well, was the- it was also, so I guess we are talking about this on the second week of it being popular. Yeah. But the let's, first week Yeah, let's was talk about the first week. Thanksgiving weekend, where it, which is a time where you have to spend time with yeah. your family. And I, I didn't spend time with my own family, but I spent time with my boyfriend's family. And we are very clearly people who do n- not share the same political views. Mm. You, and uh, um, I'm a hardcore Republican. Yeah, and, yeah. And, yeah. and your boyfriend's family are, are pure and yeah. Ayn Rand libertarians. They just hug trees all the time. Oh, yeah, they also believe in objectivism. <laughs> yeah, the, the uh, thing to know about this, I don't know if we've made this clear yet, but everyone involved in this podcast is uh, somewhere on the far right spectrum. Yes, uh, Breitbart is our homepage. Um, uh, I'm, I, as we all know, I am a, an alt-right proud boy. Uh, and I have been doing all the social media for Alex Jones. Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're more of an InfoWars conspiracy theorist. Oh, I love a good conspiracy theorist. Well, I'm just theory. a good old-fashioned white nationalist. Of you know, course. It's, it's where but I fall. I feel like I don't know how far this bit needs to go for yeah, us to... Yeah, do people who not... <laughs> <laughs> I... 
I, I feel don't know like, how many strangers listen to this podcast. Uh, who are so like, I'm, oh my God, turned off. It's 20, <laughs> t- time machine wise, this is 2018. So or let's 1998. Be, yeah, so we need to be clear. Uh, unfortunately, in 2018, you need to be clear. We're joking about being white nationalists. As, we're not actually white nationalists. As the Reddit would say, slash S. They would say that. They would say slash S. But I don't know where. Oh, I guess the point that I was going with is that it is, you know, a cartoon is still like a safe harbor from the danger of talking to your relatives about politics. Uh, (laughs) Funny thing, uh, Fox News was smart enough not to ever have comments on their news articles online because they knew their audience would post terrible things. So they created Fox Nation, which is a website where they reap just post links. This is, I don't even know if this is still, this was back when I wrote, uh, I worked Googling in journalism. I am uh, This was a, a thing in 2012. So they created this website where they would repackage and link to Fox News headlines, but rewrite the headlines in more offensive ways. And then the oh. comment section for Fox Nation is just pure and simple, um, uh, the scum of the earth. Anyway. Uh, okay, so I have now Google Fox Nation. It's still and, there. Uh, the website is still there. If you, dear reader or listener, <laughs> would care to guess about the tagline of this website, <laughs> I would not tease you any longer and say that it's Fox Nation hyphen opinion done right. I like so, it because it's a double meaning. We've completely derailed also, this conversation. <laughs> no, but it is. It does. Mary to mention to say that all of your favorite hosts, out of which I only recognize Hannity, uh, is that? That was no. Judge Janine, and that's really? the guy who does Fox and Friends I on the weekend. I felt like I saw Charlie Rose there for a second, but they Reed, can't be right. give me the worst headline that you but, can find. You okay. have five but seconds like, before all, we need to move on. All those people are playing pool and are having a grand old time. Cool. Okay, I am now scrolling. Oh, no, this is a sign-up thing. You have to get a free oh trial. Oh, my God. Which I'm not going to do. But, yeah, this site has changed from what it used to be. Uh, um. All right. Uh, can on. I can I just read uh, from the? <laughs> can I just read from the What Is Fox Nation FAQ thing <laughs> that is on the homepage? So please, you, dear listener, you might be thinking Ralph to yourself, <laughs> yes, "This is still related." Uh, what is Fox News? <laughs> what are we doing? Uh, I don't know, but I, I like it. Okay, so uh, from the FAQ section of Fox Nation, nation.foxnews.com, uh, Fox Nation is a streaming subscription service you can access from your phone, computer, and select TV devices. Uh, we've created oh. a member-only destination for Fox News' most passionate and loyal fans, featuring exclusive content, exclusive experiences, and exclusive access. So they've turned their um, uh, racist uh, message board into their streaming service. Is it a site for which, and I should you not, dear listener, you would have to pay either $5.99 a month, which is $2 more than Shudder, which I had to pay for when I subscribed to watch Halloween, or 
almost $65, more accurately $64.99 a year. This is, so your subscription from what John describes and what I would not confirm, but I trust him to tell the <laughs> truth on, is a site where you can just comment on well, clickbait articles. Well, now, no, it looks like now this is how you stream Fox News shows on TV. So this is like a Shutter type service. So oh, to all of, too all of the listeners of our, all the listeners. Oh, no. There's a show called 13 Hours in Benghazi that is like yeah. a recurring thing. No, that was, a, uh, I think, a miniseries they did. Do people want to revisit that? Who is the target? Okay, <laughs> can we just turn this into a podcast where we just talk about Fox News programming? I'm unfamiliar with, I guess, most of it. But the birth of Jesus is another recurring thing that people would want to come back my to. My guess is that's a, that's a film. This is crazy. To all of our listeners the of Furman our podcast. The Diaries, who, Andrew who are, Jackson, Hero Under Fire. This is the site for all the, you know, uh, oh nine God. bazillion year old Fox oh News viewers God. who also want to watch TV on their PlayStation 4s. Oh, oh my, Outnumbered is a show. Speaking if of PlayStation that, 4s, video games, Reg it Ralph. Outnumbered. Oh, outnumbered. This is so racist. This is insane. Wait, outnumbered. That the title isn't racist. The idea of outnumbered is that it's one man and four women. It's like the view oh, with one God. dude. Oh God, you've moved to one like disgusting thing to another disgusting thing. Oh, that the I disgusting didn't thing is that I, despite being years out of my career as being a. Um, a, a, a shitty fake journalist. I oh. still know all of these things. But I, I, did you know, this is a crazy fact. Okay, I'm ready. That a mere 20 years ago, while we were still alive, you could make a major computer animated Disney film and not fill it with product placement for different what? brands. What? Tell me more. <laughs> I will after this quick break. Boot do. <laughs> That was a great segue. Dear listener, do you think to yourself, oh, fuck, Freaky Ralph was number one in the box office this week. What could be number one in the box office 20 years ago? It would have to be something that is somewhat similar to Freaky Ralph, right? <laughs> And if you are the kind of listener to say the exact thing that I just said, you might be the target audience for a Bugs Life, parentheses, 1998. <laughs> uh, because it is a movie about ants coming together and fighting grasshoppers <laughs> with the help of some itinerant circus performance <laughs> and who does not like that especially when the year is 1998 the number one single is everybody parentheses rock your body by the Backstreet Boys is that true? I know it's everybody I don't know the parentheses but I do know that they exist Veronica let me ask you, had you ever seen A Bug's Life before? I have. I, I am a proud owner of a VHS tape from the oh. year 1998. Uh, now I'll tell you, so in 1998, uh, which many film historians remember as the great computer animated, the year of the great computer animated Ant War, oh, yes, I of chose to see Ants, A-N-T-Z, 
mm-hmm. uh, a movie which I, um, at the time, uh, greatly liked. A movie that is uh, uh, actually, it'll take us an hour. Look into it. It was an insane battle. Basically, Jeffrey Katzenberg stole the idea right. of a computer animated ant movie and made his own just because he was angry at Disney, which he had just been uh, booted from by Michael Eisner. Uh, it's a fascinating story. Uh, that remember we won't that go into. letter in Jerry Maguire when he oh, first yeah. writes the letter and he's like, and you as the audience are like, I agree with this. So this is an actual letter Jeffrey Katzenberg wrote to Disney as he left Disney. So the thing that got Jerry Maguire fired also got yeah, he wrote Jeffrey a, Katzenberg uh, did fired. He write, he wrote a big memo? Yeah, he wrote a big memo that ended up being the inspiration for Cameron Crowe and Jerry Maguire. But that was his letter of leaving Disney and forming. The story of the feud behind these movies is very funny. So uh, Pixar, straight off the fucking killer heat of Toy Story, comes in and makes... <laughs> <laughs> they make a bug's life, which is, uh, uh, like you said, a movie about a group of bugs. You got a little uh, seven samurai in there, a group of people banding together to protect a community. A little like um, the grasshoppers that seemed like a biker gang, which is kind of cute. Um, and it was uh, came out a few months after Ants, which um, was created purely. It seems purely to rival it. Uh, there, you know, people would debate oh, about the story. I think. Isn't that not well established at this point that Ants was just like, we're going to release it ahead of the Bug Life? Well, okay, I don't know. For the Wikipedia you. does. I, who knows if Jeffrey Katzenberg actually, well, Jeffrey I Katzenberg guess knows, that's the but lore. stole the story. But yeah. uh, Ants is very different. And I will say um, uh, Bug's Life is much more pro-monarchy. Uh, uh, than ants is um they're very similar they're both about a a worker ant uh who um has a uh love for the princess or queen ant and then yada 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 but uh that one oh that's appropriate yada 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 yes. oh uh we'll get to that but yeah ants is much more negative about the social structure of the ant community while uh a Bug's Life is much more positive. But yeah, right. Bug's Life, chocked full of every fucking can 90s sitcom say, star ever. Sorry. What? But can I just say that I also very much preferred Ants to A Bug's Life when it first oh, came out. Oh, so you've out. seen them both? Yes. I, I, and I, oh, well, I guess technically I own both, but I begrudgingly own A Bug's Life and I actively chose to purchase Ants. Is it safe to say that A Bug's Life is kind of the forgotten Pixar movie? Like, uh, um, of the yeah, original crop. Like, I would cars, say, I guess. well, no, I mean, Cars is wildly successful. It's just not respected. Right. Um, a movie like, uh, the good dinosaur kind of came and went, right. but um, I feel like the good dinosaur is the perennial last ranked of rank the best Pixar <laughs> movies, which I haven't seen. I would have to gamble on Cars two being worse than that. Di- <laughs> my favorite dinosaur or whatever it's called, I have seen neither. I've seen most. Pixar movies, but I've not seen any in the Pixar or Good Dinosaur lore. Yeah, I, they are. We just came from you know uh, 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 talking about Wreck It Ralph, which has an appearance by Buzz Lightyear. You know the Toy Story characters are still going strong. We got Toy Story Four coming out. Um, all oh the- man, can I just say that that's upsetting to me? Because <laughs> we'll I say, that'll definitely be number one. We'll save it for that episode. No, I just I like the fact that like. 
I love all Toy Story movies. Toy Story 2 is my favorite Pixar movie ever made. And mm. I love Toy Story 3 than I do Toy Story 1. Uh, but I felt like that ended so well. It did. Like, they shouldn't fuck with it. I, I say that I after every so sequel, much. so we'll see what happens. I cried. Like, <laughs> if they surpass it, I would be, I'm rooting for them. I'm not in the hater camp at all. But if they surpass it, I would be insanely impressed. It would be very impressive. Because Toy Story 3 is so good. It's such a good movie. Go well, see Toy Story 3. <laughs> <laughs> would you say it over? So you said you you begrudgingly own A Bug's Life. A Bug's Life yes. came out. It's after Toy Story. Um, right. What do you, it's interesting. First off, it's interesting. How much, how dated did the animation look to you? Uh, to me, it looked it didn't look terrible. The main thing is, uh, I think, uh, uh, from my uh, you know uh, amateur eye, the, the the lighting and specifically the textures see seem like uh, way behind what we're currently getting. Yes, I definitely. I would also confess it for some reason confusing it with what I assume is the ant bully. Because that was the movie where there was... Oh, my was God. A, there How was many a, fucking CG ant movies? That's the one where the kid know. gets shrunk, right? Well, That's not Pixar. N- so there's, like, a movie where there's a threat of, like, some aerosol cans or some sort of, like spray that's yeah. harmful to ants. I assume it's ants bully, but it ants might be had ants. had an aerosol spray. I know ants also be... had a scene where a shoe was going to step on them. Oh, okay. So That's ants. Okay. So everything I thought that I knew about a bug's life is actually ants. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. I'm very... Because I... I just felt a lot of wine in myself. Uh, I... Oh my. I... <laughs> I, everything I remembered about ants was actually, or about a bug's life was actually ants, I think. I remember Julia Louis-Dreyfus having a, a voice in it and David Hyde Pierce. Yeah. Those are the only people, and Kevin Spacey, well, I that, guess. Oh, uh, yeah. I want to bring to, uh, um, so a new. Uh, oh, I, yeah. Okay. That's another thing, ants and a bug's life has Yeah, You got to choose. Uh, do you want to see the uh, Kevin Spacey uh, movie or the Woody Allen movie? That is so sad. But I, a new segment I, I, I want to do for the all the old movies oh. is. Um, how many uh, bad men were involved? So, okay, so let's try that. We got so, Kevin Spacey and we got, we've got John Lasseter. Oh, that's right. John yeah. Lasseter, the head of Pixar, has and also been. If you been, watch the DVD, he's also introducing the DVD. So you're really seeing John oh, Lasseter. Oh, yeah, John. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so he's in it. I'm trying to think if anyone else has been implicated. <laughs> I don't think so. Can you think of anyone else? Uh, not on the top, top of my head. So Ants has <coughs> Ants. Uh, the Woody cast Allen. of Ants is uh, Woody Allen, uh, Sharon Stone, and Sylvester Stallone. So those are, and the, I'm sure okay. other people. Uh, dear listener, I am uh, I am debating Ants. <laughs> well, uh, I, um, okay. So I so enjoyed when, a, a Bugs Life. I thought it. Uh, um, you can feel. Uh, a little of the newness to oh this new. Oh my god! What? I'm sorry, but can I read to you the cast list for ants? It's sure. insane. So it's Woody Allen, Dan Aykroyd, Anne <laughs> Bancroft, Jane Curtin, Danny Glover, Gene Hackman, Jennifer Lopez, John Mahoney. Oh, they each got a Frasier star. Wow, that's amazing. Okay, uh, 
Uh, what was it? Frasier was still on, right? In 98? Yes, yeah. Do you think on set they were talking about that? <laughs> I hope so. Uh, Paul Mazursky, who, a name I recognize but can't place. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, Sylvester Stallone, Sharon Stone, uh, Christopher Walken, Jim Cummings, and someone else I can't place. But that is a crazier... Uh, who's it? We'll get to do the Bugs Life, uh, Bugs Life cast. Okay. So Bugs Life is more of must-see TV. Though, was news radio on NBC? I, I believe so. I think it was a different night, though. Uh, it was not must-see TV. But it is a day fully of news... News? News radio was news the name radio. of the show, yeah. Fuck. I was like, oh, man, I might be too dry. But I was like, <laughs> newscast? That sounds You wrong. just said news radio. Uh, I know. I, I This is even worse. Okay, so it's Dave Foley, Kevin Spacey, rest in peace's reputation, uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus, Hayden Panettiere. Yeah, plays the little girl. Hero's Own, Hayden Panettiere, or Nashville's Own. Phyllis Diller, Richard Kind. I love Richard yep, Kind. In his first I, Pixar appearance. Oh, uh, he's so good. I oh man. Yeah. He was my only uh and favorite part of what is that even? Inside called? Out? You didn't Inside like Inside Out? Out? I did not. I liked him. I liked this character. That character made me Mr. cry. Mr. Bing Bong? That's the shitty thing about Pixar movies is that like even if you don't really like them, they still make you cry. Oh, so, shit. So like I cried That's in a, Inside Out. This is, I think, one of the... This is... Yeah, because Monsters, Inc. was next. And Monsters, Inc., uh, the ending of Monsters, Inc. is the first time I remember truly like tearing up in a oh, movie theater. Oh, okay. Um, uh, like as opposed to like crying as a, a toddler, but um, uh, <laughs> so just like get me out of here. Monsters, well, what year was Monsters Inc. '99? Either eight. You got the, the so this is eight, so up. this would have to be nine. Um, but uh, uh, I think a Bug's Life. Maybe it's not remembered because I it's really seems to be the only one that doesn't have a huge sent sentimental scene. Uh, mm. Isn't the order then Monsters Inc.? No, oh fuck. Monsters Inc. was 2001. Oh, yeah. Well, they, I guess All they weren't right. churning them out that fast. Because right. isn't it, isn't the order um, uh, Toy Story, Bugs, uh, Life, Bugs Life, Monsters, Monsters Wolf, Inc., The Incredibles? Well, no. Oh, where's no, Finding Toys- Nemo? Oh, yes. Finding Nemo, The and Incredibles. Toy Story I mean, Finding Nemo has the first scene in which Albert Brooks's wife and all of his children, save oh, one, are God. brutally murdered. No, so I think it's Finding Nemo, then The Incredibles is a four. Mm. Toy, Story, is Toy Story 2 earlier? It might be 2002. Yeah, I mean, so uh, the, the movie we just did, like, Ralph has... Um, a sentiment has that that tear pushing scene, and it felt almost like oh the Pixar the Pixar it's not a Pixar movie but it's playing by the Pixar playbook of like oh this is where that scene has to go. I I without having seen the Cars movies and I've never seen a good dinosaur and I've never seen Monsters University but I've seen the rest <laughs> and I think A Bug's Life is the only one that doesn't have any scene that's really fucking gunning for your tear ducts. Yeah, and I'm now trying to see if Toy Story does. Um, yeah, I it would be, when, it would be like... when Buzz realizes he's a toy and, and the fucking Randy Newman song plays. I didn't cry at Toy Story. Yeah, I, I mean, it's obviously cried. not the, the tear gusher that the uh, Sarah McLachlan song in Toy Story 2 yeah. was. 
When she loved me, yeah. When she like plays with Jesse, mm-hmm. man, guys, Toy Story Two is such a good movie. <laughs> Look out for Mr. Angry Eyes. Is the fact that we're talking about just Pixar in general? Uh, uh, does that say something about the fact that A Bug's Life, while fun, is maybe not super memorable? Yeah. Well, I, well what did you think? Give it a letter grade on just yeah. as a movie. Uh, I don't know, maybe like a C plus or a B minus. You liked it less than the new Ralph movie? Yes. Hmm. For sure. I, uh, I I mean, I think the story's much clearer and f- fun. I do think, and um, maybe I'm getting this just because I was reading about the production of it, that they were having a hard time juggling all the characters. The, the pile of supporting characters that this movie has just pales in comparison to a lot of Pixar movies. The circus performers are fun. Uh, David Hyde Pierce's stick bug is fun. Um, maybe we'll get to uh, Dennis Leary's character in our "Ooh, that would not fly today" uh, <laughs> roundup. Um, but like, unintended in this I, case. Flick, uh, with all due respect to Dave Foley, Flick feels super generic as the lead. Um, uh, the princess played by. Julia uh, Dreyfus. Julia Dreyfus. <laughs> she feels, what's her name, Princess Ada? She yeah. feels fairly generic as a love interest. This movie feels like, I mean, it's, there's nothing objectionable about it. It's yeah. just, there. it's also seeing it now 20 years later where <laughs> computer animation is not mind-blowing. <laughs> um, it's just solid. It's solid all the way through, and that's kind of it. Yeah, I can't imagine recommending it to anyone who doesn't just have children mm-hmm. who need things to no. watch. Like, it's definitely not anywhere in the top five or ten of Pixar I liked, movies I would recommend. The grasshoppers are fun. I like the design of this of the scary grasshopper villains. I like that they they fly and sound like a motorcycle gang. And I, I will say Hopper, uh, Kevin Spacey's character, gets one of my... Uh, favorite gruesome children's movie villain deaths in which oh. he is fed screaming <laughs> to a bunch of baby birds. I think, to be honest, to me, the best thing that to come out of A Bug's Life is the Disney World or Land ride. Uh, which is wonderful. And I think it that's really the only way that this movie is still, the only place where this movie is still remembered. I mean, there's A Bug's Life Land, but I'm not sure for how long in whatever park, because I've heard rumors about them. Oh, is that what they the, renamed the, the, like, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids Land? Yeah, I don't. But it seems like even the actual thing that I'm about to talk about, which is the 3D show of A Bug's Life, is being phased out in favor of whatever is the next cool I, thing. Well, they just created like a Pixar land at Disneyland in California Adventure. Mm. And I feel like an easy thing for them to do would have been to add the the it's tough to be a bug. The it's, I um a tough yeah. to be a bug is the name of the show and it's a one of those three D shows where they have animatronics and also visuals it's, and it's very and your seat effects. Right. It's it's very cute. It's it's one of my favorite things at Disney parks. Uh, I it's very much in the vein of the Muppet one. If you guys have seen it, the Muppet one's of better. Like, yeah, the Muppet one is super fun too. The first time I've been on this ride or whatever you would choose attraction to, attraction, I guess. Uh, show. Uh, 
I was that was the my most memorable thing from that trip mm. to Orlando. Yeah. I think it's super great. I think it has now been surpassed by the Monsters Incorporated stand-up show, which I think <laughs> is one of the best things ever. Uh, but it's definitely pretty great. And I do feel sad that they're phasing it out. But I do do you agree with me that this movie's kind of been forgotten? It definitely has been. Yeah, um, for sure. I, I think it I think it is. While I do think this is a pretty great children's movie. In that uh, initial collection of Pixar films, this is very good, while the other ones are excellent. Yeah, I mean, they basically haven't had like a quote unquote misstep. I mean, compare this to compare this to The Grinch from the last episode. Yeah, I think it's very well plotted. There are very fun things about it. I think it suffers from that. I don't know what I would call it, but I would call it a Beatles syndrome of just like, yes, the Beatles were great, but are they mostly great because they were the first ones to mm. do the thing as opposed to like being very great at the thing. And I think it is similar to that in the sense of like, this is a great animated movie if you don't consider anything that has come out after it. And I yeah. feel like most Pixar things to come after it, even considering like Cars mm. 3 and Planes or whatever. Like, yes, those might be worse, but I feel like A Bug's Life is still not top tier. I think Pixar. it's I think it's a character problem. I think like um, all the actors are great. And <laughs> the shitty thing is, I think, <laughs> despite it being, you know, it's uh, Kevin Spacey. So we got to put an asterisk on that. I think uh, Hopper is a great villain i think mm-hmm. he's very like a design the performance just everything about him he, he's Kevin he, he's Sissy, scary a when great he needs actor to be scary. box office time machine <laughs> to, and, uh, uh, what, what's the word i'm looking for endorse fully endorses fully endorses uh, I, I, but i over overall i think that there are too many characters so not enough of them really get to stand out mm-hmm. um like bonnie hunt plays some kind of bug and I oh she's a spider she's a spider one uh what's her deal I have no I I couldn't tell you any of the characters names yeah that's very true and like so, and then and think about Toy Toy Story one right off the bat first you have Buzz and Woody that I, I who are incredible and then you also have all Slinky Dog um Mister Mister Potato Head right there's Miss Mrs in the first one there's but, no Mrs in the first one but yeah like, all those Ham the 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 piggy bank all those there's Ham there's Rex yeah those characters Slink- are so much more fun than these than these characters but again I think this is a this is not a children's movie where if you pop this on with your kids and watch it, you would be like, fucking blow my brains out. That's the Grinch. That's not <laughs> this movie. Um, uh, but yeah, I think there's a reason why this one ha- is not spoken about when people are like, oh, fucking Wally, dude. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah, this is definitely not Wally level. So I think, yeah, I think we're in a, a agreement that that A Bug's Life is just good. And uh, on this podcast, that, that actually is uh, a, a welcome release of uh, relief. Um, but oh, it no. is, it feels the 
the framework that makes a great children's movie that someone making like say Wreck-It Ralph um, could follow the picture playbook, the Pixar playbook and hit it almost exactly. That, that playbook hadn't fully been codified yet. And A Bug's Life is good. And it's just, there were so many in this period amazing Pixar movies. So this mm-hmm. one is just kind of, it being good is almost a disappointment. Yeah, but why did the, any of them decide to make movies about bugs? That's, like, not a super interesting subject. Well, I think part of it was that they with. were just not comfortable making uh, humans yet. I guess. It just seems pretty boring, <laughs> to be honest. All right, let's uh, move on to the segment we started uh, last episode uh, entitled... Ooh, that would not fly today. Ooh. And I think, um, unless you've got something else, I think almost this would almost entirely... I was going to say the all-white voice cast, but look at the voice cast of Ralph Breaks the Internet. It still flies. Hey, um, Taraji P. Hansen, isn't it? <laughs> that is true. Um, but instead, let's... Uh, I, I would say nearly all conversation of this segment would go to Francine the Ladybug. Oh, boy. Oh, Francis the Ladybug. Well... Yeah, so uh, Dennis Leary <laughs> plays this uh, uh, ladybug who's actually not a lady, guys. It's a man. Now, for a while, I was, I was trying to think of if you could do this. The whole bit is that he wants to be a tough guy, but because he's a ladybug, everyone assumes he's a woman. And that's basically his character's entire bit. Um, is uh, I was trying to think of, could you do this today? And I would say no. Then I was like, I was like, maybe if they reframed it as Francis is actually the story of a trans man. Oh, boy. The society is saying you're a woman, but this ladybug knows that inside she is a man. Uh, but that wouldn't uh, uh, that wouldn't go with the end the ending of the story in which which is 1998 version of this story. Francis learns to accept that hey, I got in touch with my feminine side, which is the end of his yeah. uh, arc, if you'd call it that. Right. Yeah, I don't have much to say about this character. I suppose other than like. Yeah, that existed. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I guess. Be, I, it seems like we, uh, uh, um, A Bug's Life just not super inspiring in conversation. Yeah, it's sort of, I wish we could talk about Toy Story 2. All right, say something about Toy Story 2 to send us out. It's the best Pixar movie ever made. You just said Wally was your favorite. You're right. I mean, you've got a fucking Wally poster on your wall. I'm looking I, at it right I now. I do have a Wally poster on Wally, my wall. did you hear what she just said? I know. I, I I also, in my defense, I also had a Toy Story poster that fell. <laughs> uh, I also have a Toy Story um, and I, that I think includes Jesse, so it might confirm my point. But I do love Toy Story 2. That's my favorite. I it, That and... So I feel like, yeah, I think like Wally and Toy Story 2 are definitely like competing forces all right i think we've mostly uh, uh, been talking about and answering the question of whether or not this movie stands the test of time uh, i think we're both saying no possibly no. due to its un perhaps unfair comparison to the other movies from the studio and <laughs> and ants um but uh, we actually didn't answer do you think uh, ralph breaks the internet will be remembered in decades to come 
Oh, man. I feel like that's kind of shitty, but I feel like everything that comes out today, I'm like, really? Would people want to watch this? Well, I think six years later, I think Wreck-It Ralph is still fine. I would say the fact that this one, that Ralph Breaks the Internet, the story is so unclear and so much of it is referencing um, modern day websites in a way that it doesn't say anything about them. They're just there, not in like a fun way yeah. that like Qbert and Sonic and, and Zangief and Pac-Man are characters in the first one. I would say Wreck-It Ralph 1 is a movie that children will still enjoy, like children can still watch 10 years from now. I don't know that Wreck-It Ralph 2 is that movie. And to send us out, what what are we our predictions? What are we gonna see next time? All right, so our next week because we took a much we needed Thanksgiving off. break, yeah. uh, it would be uh, Mortal Engines. I don't think I don't think so. The Mule. Oh, the Clint Eastwood movie. I it's see. Mortal Engines. Is that just me or has that been marketed terribly or am I just not seeing it? I don't know anything That movie lo- it. looks like it costs a fucking fortune and I've barely seen it. The posters around uh, New York are indecipherable. Uh, I'm going to – I genuinely don't know anything about it. Uh, Spider-Man colon into the Spider-Verse. Fuck yeah. God, I hope that's what wins because I want to see it. I'm so psyched for it. And there's also Once Upon a Deadpool that comes out. Oh, that's just ahead. the PG-13 re-edit of Deadpool 2 with a new frame story. Ew. Yeah. I don't like <laughs> that's that. That's literally what it is. I'm going to guess it's going to be Spider-Man unless Ralph somehow magically makes it a third week. Um, or how about last week's or next week's and the week before, I guess, the week that we will be covering. This is complicated. <laughs> but Schindler's List. A 2018 re-edit. Oh, that is another thing that's coming out next week. That's the they're only re, they're nationwide release. Schindler's List? Yeah. That's weird. Why in... Everyone in America... Because Hanukkah? Go see Schindler's List, but sneak in. <laughs> don't make it number one. I don't want to fucking go see it. No, already, don't make it number I've already seen it. <laughs> Yeah, I've seen it when I was young. I'm, I was I'm tired terrified. of seeing these uh, computer animated children's films, but I don't want to. See, I don't want to trade them for a Holocaust movie. Yeah, <laughs> I think we're safe though. Something tells me the re-release of the 24 year old Schindler's List is not going to be the number one at the box office. I mean, I 20, oh, 25 tr- actually, right? Oh, that's probably why they're releasing it. 25th anniversary. Yeah, that makes sense. I suppose. I wonder how much more of it is going to be in color now. Oh yeah, yeah. They added they added so many more red jackets. Oh, <laughs> uh, Schindler's List is so sad. Uh, hot take. Hot take. Schindler's List very sad. All right, uh, let's let's wrap so, this yeah, up. <laughs> I guess to wrap this up, I agree with you. I'm pretty sure it's gonna be Spider Man, and you- I like. I'm excited to see John Mulaney do a Spider Pick. All right. Maybe we'll be seeing that, or maybe Veronica and I will be trying to figure out the, I believe, YA adaptation, Mortal Engines. Who knows what it is? It's a it's a city on trucks. Is I believe the it's cities oh, that drive. Are you serious? Yeah, it's a post. I don't oh. fucking know, guys. I'm John Bershad. I'm Veronica Arofsky. This has been Box Office Time Machine. Uh, Veronica, say our famous closing line.
Hello, fellow travelers. Oh, boy. <laughs> Start all over. <laughs> you know... You don't like my, my new catchphrase? Hello, fellow travelers, followed by a giggle break. Hello, fellow travelers. This this episode. No, start again. I was machine. talking. Stop. I'm keeping all of it. No. no. All right.